0: In the squadron they called him bullets but we call him greg kelly greg kelly is on the air
1: on the red apple podcast network hey i'm gonna miss him george santos is not running for re-election i hope he doesn't quit i like this guy i actually i genuinely do i've met him a few times he's uh I like him. What can I say? He's likable. Uh he got a lot of people to vote for him. He's got something going for him. And um he says he's not running for re election. The House Ethics Committee just hit him with uh what they're portraying as a doozy. Oh boy, yeah, we got the goods on George Santos. Well, I don't know about that. Uh I don't know. I got I got the report right here. No big whoop in my book. Uh the headline is right now ooh he he used campaign funds allegedly to pay for botox. He used campaign funds to pay for botox. Has anybody seen Joe Biden's face in the past 20 years, right? <laughs> uh do we think he pays for that uh, out of his own pocket, especially when he was the poorest man in Congress, huh? Actually, I'm looking it up here. Cosmetic surgery, believe it or not, might be a totally legal and legitimate campaign expense. You know, it makes you look better. It's the kind of thing that a consultant would come in and tell you to do. Hey, we need you to buy this suit. We need you to buy uh, this tie. We want you to lose weight. We want you to do that. That's, it's all part of the image. And I think it's probably a legitimate campaign. Look at John Kerry. Uh, John Kerry's 80 years old. Uh, Some people have smooth faces. He does not. But it's remarkably smooth in spots. Uh, He's definitely a Botox guy. Hey, look, I've taken, I've done Botox a couple of times. Now, part of it is because when I when I concentrate, I furrow my brow, and then I don't know it like it stays that way even when I'm not. Con- so, it, I, I needed something. I needed something. Um, I don't know if it makes a difference. My wife has encouraged me. It's not that expensive. Uh, it kind of is a little bit painful. I don't like doing it. I don't really see the anyway. Whatever. I do Botox is what I'm trying to say. And so does George Santos, and you can't throw him out of Congress for that. Well, what about all the lies he lied about going to college? Well, Joe, what, whatever lies he told, and he acknowledged to me that he did lie about going to college. He said he graduated from Baruch when he didn't. Oh, brother, right? You're going to kick him out of Congress? You're going to indict him over that? Joe Biden yelled and screamed about going to three different colleges. He barely went to one. He yelled and screamed about getting the international moot court competition. He didn't even enter that competition. He yelled and screamed about graduating at the uh, top of his class at Syracuse, barely graduated, and was like four from the bottom. Let's see, what else did this guy lie about? I mean, when he speaks, he's lying. Uh, He was recently caught lying uh, about not getting any money from China. And uh, his family got a lot of money from China. And first they said, we got no money from China. And then they said, well, uh, we did business in China, but we made no money. Okay, now now they, 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 we did business in China, but we didn't make a lot of money. <laughs> That's, uh, I know that the family has gotten $3 million from China. I know that Hunter Biden was coercing a senior Chinese official into paying him $5 million. Now, if I know this stuff and you know this stuff, the guy sitting across the table from them yesterday, President Xi, he knows that and a whole lot more. We were looking at a compromised president yesterday. He can't aggressively push an American agenda because he's conflicted. He doesn't want to be outed. He doesn't want the dirt that they have to emerge. He's working for them. I uh, I know it. I know it. You can feel it. You can see it. I know it in my bones. And quite frankly, forget taking the emotion out of it. It's just logical. It's logical. Yelled and screamed, I never made any money from China. Well, you did. Your whole family did. Grandchildren got. The Penn Biden Center, that phony baloney slush fund, $77 million came from China to the University of Pennsylvania. Now, should we stop that? Why would the University of Pennsylvania take and why would it be offered $77 million from the Communist Party of China? That is insane. And Joe Biden got a lot of it. I know he did. I know he did. its it, it, it would be totally shocking if he didn't. Hey, I'm looking at the footage last night of uh what looks like an insurrection. It actually looks a hell of a lot worse than anything I saw on January 6th. Cops getting beaten up. People getting slapped around, kicked around, total chaos, total pandemonium. What's going on here? Oh, this is the pro-Palestinian demonstration. That's what it is, a pro-Palestinian demonstration. I heard on the news last night, a pro-Palestinian demonstration. They didn't call it a riot. They didn't call it a pro-terrorist riot. They didn't call it an insurrection. Where is it? It's right outside of DNC headquarters, Democratic National Committee headquarters. They have a facility. It's actually on Capitol Hill. And it was, um let's see here, we just evacuate. They had to evacuate the DNC after pro-terrorist, anti-Israel protesters grew violent, pepper-spraying officers and attempting to break into the building. Thankful to the police officers who step- stopped them and helping me and my colleagues get out safely. That's from a congressman, Brad Sherman, Democrat from California. You know what? Good for him. An unambiguous statement about what actually happened yesterday. This morning, the, the, the channel, what is it? Uh, channel 4. MSNBC. You know, just really so benignly covering this, uh, covering it up. Uh, oh, it's just a pro. And how many arrests from that chaos? How many arrests? One. Six police officers assaulted. Six. One arrest. I see about 400 people mobbing and, and, and pushing and uh, preventing democracy. What are, are the Capitol Police? Where are the officers? Are they going to write a book about this one? Harry Dunn, uh, Officer Fanon. The indifference to my colleagues has been disgraceful. That guy. Hmm? Officer Gannell, he took an oath to protect democracy. Is he going to write a book? They all wrote books, by the way. Wait, is that true? Yeah. (laughs) They all wrote books. The Fake Cops from January 6th. Fanon, Gunnell, and oh, by the way, the Capitol Police in general. Uh, They have not been held to um, the standards of a civilian law enforcement, of, of a traditional law enforcement agency. I mean, in fairness to the cops, their bosses are congressmen, all right. So it's going to be inherently screwed up. Um, well, I'm going to. Um, I think a light needs to be shown, shine, shone on on what happened last night. Don't you? It's uh, it's very, very important. The other thing, uh, people are still picking up the pieces from yesterday's disaster of a press conference. Uh, man, that was bad and weird. Uh, let's see. Um, Joe is reading every. Two things. So he just meets with President Xi, and then he comes out for the press conference, right? One, two. But he comes out by himself. No President Xi. Now, it's standard, even with even with your enemy. One of these things, after a conference like that, you have a joint press conference. President Trump did it with President Xi. Obama did it with President Xi. Obama did it with Putin. Trump did it with Putin. Biden did not do it with Putin. Biden did not do it with Xi and why is that number one a couple of reasons number one um these these press conferences can go off the rails right and joe can just you know just look so bad in comparison cuz he mutters he stumbles he's all weird right there's that number two and with that in mind uh, the our adversary she would really kind of look a lot better in comparison right composed articulate even if you don't speak chinese you can tell the guy's articulate and also They are really terrified of somebody, maybe President Xi, maybe Putin, saying something that he knows about Joe, that I know about Joe, that you know about Joe, and maybe something that we don't know about Joe. You know, any reference, oblique or otherwise, about the money that the Biden family took from, um, China. Could you imagine if President Xi, you know, like, just like that, in a moment, we go from superpower, to second-rate power, or almost there anyway, that they would have total upper hand because our leader is completely compromised. It is a – that's a good question. So, number one, I i have two questions. The press yesterday stunk. They stunk. Let me see here. Do we have any other questions? Uh, uh, cut 22, please.
0: And as I always do, I raised areas where the United States has concerns about the PRC's actions, including – Detained and ex, and, uh, and and exit banned U.S. citizens, human rights and corrective course uh, coercive activities in the South China Sea. We discussed all three of those things. I gave them names of individuals that we think are being held, and hopefully we can get them released as well. No agreement on that. Uh, no agreement on that.
1: All right, stop. I, also- I want to hear. Uh, it's just going through a litany, a laundry list of things. This is, but it was all orchestrated to not make news, to not. Garner attention. The timing of it seven fifteen at night. It was actually eight fifteen. What's happening at eight fifteen? Um, well, that's it's not quite pri- it's prime time, but they did not tell the broadcast networks. I don't think it was carried on the broadcast networks, just on the cables, right? All right, and they also did not want us to understand what the reporters were saying. They didn't even want us hearing what the reporters were saying. Listen to this. Cut eighteen.
0: Uh. I'm embarrassed. I think it's CBS, but I can't remember who is CBS. I'm sorry.
2: Uh, Mr. President, you oh. said hey. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, you continue to stress the competition for competition with uh, China. does not here. any conflict or for competition.
1: What the hell is she talking about? <laughs> uh, it was, we couldn't hear it. And the audio was all screwed up. I believe on purpose. At times you could hear it, but mostly you couldn't. And they chose that room on purpose because the acoustics stink. And, you know, when when there's packed journalism and everybody's kind of on the same page and pursuing questions of, hey, uh, you must now acknowledge, as Hunter Biden's own lawyers have acknowledged, that, yes, money was received from China. Now we know that because Hunter Biden's lawyers acknowledged it. You, sir denied such a thing you denied it to the american people you said no money was received by your family from china including your son hunter now that we know it now that everybody knows it obviously our adversaries know it how much of a disadvantage are you sitting down at that table with president xi i think that's a good question right it's got a little bit of teeth uh, it's notice i say how much of a disadvantage i didn't say are we at a disadvantage how much of a disadvantage are we right uh, let's see if anything else happened here. Oh, this is the thing. So he calls him a dictator, and uh, you're not supposed to do that? It's funny. You know, he is obviously a dictator, right? But you can't say it. Uh, let's see. Cut 19.
2: And, Mr. President, after today, would you still refer to the presidency as a dictator? <laughs> She's saying. It's a
0: term, uh, that you used earlier today. Well, look, he is. I mean, he's a dictator in the sense that he he is the guy who runs a country that is a this country that's based on a form of government totally different
1: than ours. Anyway. All right. So he said, yeah, he's a dictator in the sense that he's uh, the dictator. Now, uh, you're not supposed to say that apparently. I have no real big problem with it. Obviously, he's a dictator. The thing is, he's in the other room. You just had a conference about him. And if I ask that, is do I think he's a dictator? Give me a favor, Diego. Ask me if the president of China is a dictator. Mr. Greg Kelly, is the president of China Actually, give me a favor. Call me Mr. President if you don't mind. Oh, Mr. President. Is, is uh, Xi Jinping a dictator? Xi Jinping is the president of China. Uh, they have a very different system of governing than ours. Um, and we have very severe differences about how to govern a country. They have their way. We have ours. Ours, I do believe, is better, superior, and more fair. He is the president of China. I'll leave you to characterize it beyond that. Ah! Ah! Vote for me! Love that. I'm ten times better. Uh Let me see. This is fun. Ask me another question. Pretend I'm the president. Mr. President, let me think of a question. Uh Wait, I'll, I'll, I'll let me call on... uh let me go on that fella back there with the glasses. Uh I don't know your name. What is it? Fernando Uh Carlos Uh oh I'm sorry. Uh what's your name again? Fernando Mr President, what Wait, should we uh, do what, about Taiwan? What's your name again? DA D. Uh, uh Taiwan Well I would say Taiwan is the one question he handled okay. But he hasn't always handled it okay. Ooh, you remind me. He said, we're a one-China policy country. That's our policy, period. I'm going to leave it at that. It's called strategic ambiguity. Now, he's been asked before by the fake news, like, would we defend Taiwan? And you know what he said? Yes. Yes, we would. Yes. Well, it might have felt good in the moment, but you're not supposed to say that. Bottom line, I'd be a better president than Joe Biden, and everybody knows it. Thank you, uh, but I'm not running. Be right back.
3: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh,
1: I'm looking at this ethics report. Leave George Santos alone. All right, just let him represent the district and be done with it. huh? Come on. Okay, he made up some stuff. Joe Biden, anything, anytime he's ever mentioned virtually anything about himself. About his father, about his son Bo, about uh, college, about Delaware, about Wilmington, about Barack Obama, I mean, about his days as a truck driver, about the times he got shot at while he was in Iraq. Uh, I mean, uh, let's see here, they call him a fabulist. As an initial matter, members of Representative Santos's campaign viewed him as a fabulist. That sounds actually kind of nice, right? Fabulous. He's a fabulist. That's fabulous. That's basically a fancy word for somebody who makes stuff up, right? All right. He's a fabulist. Uh, omissions, omissions. His campaign finance reports are not in order. Uh, Representative Santos defrauded his donors by using their actual and purported campaign contributions to personally enrich himself. Oh, yeah. All right. How? How? Let me, that's, I got to find out. That's, I got to. Because that, that's very difficult to prove. And that's this stuff is complicated. These forms are complicated. And you actually are allowed to spend money on things like, yeah, clothing. Yeah, like Botox. Yeah, like travel. Yeah, like staying in a hotel. You can do all that stuff. Let's see your questions. How? You? Don't worry about it, George. This report doesn't lay a glove on you. It's all it's very political. It's very political. He violated the trust of the community. Okay. well, how exactly how he told a lie about uh, there are people who voted for him who did not know anything about Baruch College. Okay. there are people who voted for Republicans in 2022 just because, you know, it was a referendum on Joe Biden to a point. Right. Did anybody vote on him? I'm going to go with George Santos. After all, he is a graduate of Baruch College. Nobody in the world ever thought that ever. Let's see here committee has previously been um, – you know what? I think this ethics committee deserves an investigation. This ethics committee de- – do we have any George Santos speaking about this yet? Yeah? I think we do, right? You guys have been working on that? Uh, he has uh, decided he's not running. Okay, he's not going to run for reelection. I'm going to miss him. He's only 35 years old, so he's got a lot of life left to live. Every sinner has a future. Every saint has a past. Isn't that what they say? I love that slogan, and the other thing is uh Tammy Murphy, yeah, we went through her yesterday. she is continuing with this ludicrous campaign based on uh her privilege, you know her, her sense of entitlement because she's married to a rich guy, and the first lady she pretends that anybody cares who the first lady is, first lady, first lady um all right, so we got that, and then we also ooh. It's true. Hamas has been keeping weapons in children's bedrooms. I'm looking at the video right now. A bunch of rockets and RPGs in what looks like a nine year old's bedroom has posters up on the wall of soccer players. You know, looks like mutant ninja turtles and a hand grenade right there in the fishing bowl. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Now, I tell you, I still like that Vivek Ramaswamy guy. Uh, he's very, very good. He's very rich. He's rude. He's got weird hair. Uh, <laughs> that's what they were saying about him on the show. I, I think he's great. I, I do. He's just but uh, well, what a force to be reckoned with. For whatever reason, people are kind of tired of him already. He may have over... He may... Might have been a little bit of overexposure. May have come out a little bit too forcefully in that first debate and became a great big fat target and they all started going after him. I don't know. Maybe he should have been playing the long game here. I do think he's a viable presidential uh contender. I totally do. I could see him as president someday. Might be a little bit too slick. This is nitpicking. You know, you don't know until you know. Uh, I thought he did very, very well. Hey, you got this thing? So uh, uh, I just sent you a clip of him on CNN taking on the fake news. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it looks like George Santos is coming back to New York. My wish is, right, he's not running for re-election. My wish and my hope and my expectation is that he stays in office till the very end. You know, um, I remember it was a State of the Union address, and he's standing there waiting for the president to come in. And Mitt Romney, you know, the ultimate jerk, comes by and insults him and calls him a sick puppy, and you need to go home. I'm like, what? What kind of horrible thing is that to say to somebody? You know, look, I don't know George Santos all that well, but I know he's a human being. I know he got elected, and I know he's got a lot of problems right now. He does. I mean, he's got an indictment, this ethics investigation, and, you know, the whole world was coming. Mitt Romney has an elevator in his garage, right? Mitt Romney has four at least four mansions. He's got one in New Hampshire. He's got another in Massachusetts. He's got another in California. He's got another in Utah. He's probably worth about a billion dollars. Uh, would it have killed Mitt Romney to have a cup of coffee with the guy? You know? Because, like, you guys don't have that much to do down there, so why not? Hmm? Instead of ridiculing the guy publicly, um, have a cup of coffee with the guy. Sit down with him. Try to find out what's going on. Give him some help. You know, God can work through each and every one of us. You know, we we sit back and we I don't want to get involved. I don't want to, you know, that's not my job. That's not my responsibility. You know, somebody else is going to take care of it. I don't want to pry. I don't want to go there. Just let somebody know that you're open to helping. And let somebody know that you're open to being helped. God wants us, I believe, and this is from my study of the Bible, he wants fellowship. He wants us to work together. He wants And he can do things through us. Great, I know that has happened in my life. Some great things have happened. And, yeah, God's orchestrating it, but somebody actually executes what God wants. It's really a wonderful thing. And I think we have to be there for each other a lot more than we are. Buried in our phones, social media, social media, and the big tech and media, uh, Channel 4, Channel 7, Channel 2, all say that George Santos is a bad guy, so avoid him. Stay away from him because he's... He's definitely not welcome at the cool table anymore, right? So do not, you don't want to be seen with that guy. You know what? Have lunch with them. Especially you guys down there. You got 17 offices. You got the cafeteria. You got this restaurant. You got the, uh, this is for members. This is for house members. Go have a cup of coffee with a guy and talk to him. Nobody does that. I mean, not just in Congress, anywhere. I And I, I'm not a prince, you know what I mean? I, I blow it off all the time, I've, every now and then. And you, you, there is a chance you're going to make a fool out of yourself. There is a good chance that you're – and it's not going to be welcome. But if you do it gently enough, somebody will possibly – and, you know, when we need help, got to ask for it. Got to ask for it. The other lesson of the day is sometimes, as a psychiatrist once told me – yes, I went to a psychiatrist – Quite frankly, I don't need psychiatrists anymore. After I found Jesus, I really don't think I need a psychiatrist. Um, But back before I found Jesus, I was talking to the psychiatrist, and he said something great. He said, you know, you got to make your own fun. And I'm like, yeah, I love that. I'm going to tell you the whole context of it. but All right, let's hear George Santos making his case. All right, go ahead.
3: I was elected by 142,000 people. Until those same 142,000 people tell me they don't want me, uh, we'll find out in two years. Good for you. Let me hear a little bit more. My grandparents survived the Holocaust. So these regimes of socialism, Marxism, they don't work.
1: Oh, all right. He may have been, I think that might have been a fib, right? Well, that's right out of the uh, Joe Biden school of uh, political fibs. It's right out of the Joe Biden school of lying. So if we're going to kick out uh, George Santos, we've got to kick out Joe Biden because it's a lot more serious. And what that Jamal Bowman did, that maniac from the Bronx pulling the... uh, the smoke alarm, pulling the fire alarm. And by the way, it's a fishbowl, not a fishing bowl. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> um, if he's going to, he, he jeopardized lives when he pulled that fire alarm. Uh, saying something that's not true about your ancestors, nobody really is hurt. It's not nice. Not supposed to do it. It's wrong. But let me hear one more.
3: Down to the nitty and gritty. I'm not a fraud. I'm not a, a criminal who defrauded the entire country and made up this fictional character and ran for Congress. I've been around a long time. I mean, a lot of people know me. They know who I am. They've done business dealings with me. I'm not going to make excuses for this, but much, a lot of people overstate in their resumes or um, twist a little bit or engranted themselves. I'm not saying I'm not guilty of that.
1: Hey, how about this? If he did pay for uh, clothes and Botox and hotels, these are all the same things that, remember Rana McDaniel, the woman who is basically destroying the Republican Party, right? Remember when she uh, it came out, all the stuff that she was buying for herself and these gifts and it was just out of control? Oh, yeah, but she's doing it to raise money. Well, he's doing it to get elected. Same difference. All right, let's go on to Vivek. Vivek Ramaswamy, I wasn't sure if this was months ago, so I didn't get excited about it, but it turns out it was last night taking on the fake news over there on CNN. And when are they going to realize that nobody likes Caitlin Collins? That she is on every moment. Let me see if she's on right now. It's a commercial. Phew. No Caitlin Collins. Um, you know, she, she's the one who quite frankly looks like a robot. Looks a little bit like, um, a doll. It's just very strange, and she's always there, and she's completely, she's like Mr. Spock, no emotion. Doesn't laugh, doesn't get angry, just weird. Anyway, she's not she's not in this interview with somebody else, and uh, they try to take Vivek down, and watch what Vivek does. Go ahead.
3: That language, they live like vermin. Do you believe that that is, as your uh, Republican colleague Chris Christie has said, neo-Nazi rhetoric? This is a classic mainstream media move. Pick some individual phrase of Donald Trump. Focus on literally that word without actually interrogating the substance of what's at issue. The word was chosen for a reason of a cultural war in this country. The word well, you know what? It's it, it actually describing a series of behaviors. You have Antifa and other related groups that have been burning down cities for the last three years in this country. Would you describe them as vermin? Wildly violating the rule of law. We have an invasion on our southern border. We have millions of people crossing our southern border. Let's talk about the substance okay. of why we have to recognize would, that we're not in ordinary you, times. Would you so use the that language the vocabulary of the vermin or not is not what's important. Well, I haven't used that language. So So you can look at my my track record on the campaign trail. I talk about the issues. We all talk about them differently. But what I'm not going to do is play some game of focusing on some word that somebody else said without ignoring entirely the substance of what we're actually talking about. A border crisis of historic proportion. Economic stagnation we haven't seen in 50 years. A national identity crisis and a loss of national pride in the next generation that's potentially existential for this country. Let's talk about our dependence on China today. We're actually talking about Xi Jinping, picking on Donald Trump's word vermin to talk about that status quo. You know what's vermin? What's running around San Francisco on a given day before Gavin Newsom cleaned it up on a dime to roll out the red carpet for Xi Jinping.
0: I love that guy.
1: Woo. What did she say after that? What did she, what a hum, a hum and a let's go to a commercial break. Let's go to a commercial break. Could we gotta, can we go back? I gotta hear that show. I gotta hear what she said. I gotta, I gotta see the whole interview, the whole, the whole shebang. Good for you, Vivek. Uh, Will in Farmingdale. Hello.
0: You know what? Um, Santos handled this, uh, hey, how you doing, Greg? Santos handled this wrong right from the start, okay? You could tell he's not a politician. He should have immediately, he knew he was busted, he knew that he lied about everything, should have immediately come out and said, why do I have to work for Goldman Sachs to get the Republican backing? Why do I have to be a multimillionaire? Why do I have to own several apartments? Of course I lied. That's what's wrong with the system, okay? If a a regular guy can't get a shot to run for Congress or get the backing of a major party without being a big-time Goldman Sachs money, grubber or without having four apartments or being a millionaire he should have immediately and then he should have said what the american people really care about is we got a president in the white house taking bribes for all right the calm clock.
1: down i agree Hold with down. you i agree with you i agree with you Calm. take it whoa 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 um yeah that would have actually been a pretty effective pr strategy not saying you're wrong uh at all uh that's interesting but it's a little bit you know a little bit too late, <laughs> okay? It's a little bit too late, but not a bad strategy, and also, um yeah, not a bad... I will say this, though. He handled it very well. I mean, the whole world was coming down on him, and he remained calm in the middle of that storm. Well, very interesting observations. I thank you. Sandra is next. Hello.
2: Oh, hi, Greg. As far as Santos goes, I like him. He's a colorful character, and I know that he remained in in Congress there. He wouldn't lie anymore. You know, those days would have been over. Give him a chance. Let him move on. Let him grow and become something special. That was what I was hoping would happen. So anyway, I just wanted to share a story because you're a pilot. My brother and my husband had a little Cessna plane. This 21-year-old pilot bought the plane two weeks before, He and then he used it two weeks later, and the weather wasn't that great, and the controller said maybe wait. So he waited a few minutes, then goes up in the air, and that was it. He knew this is it. I'm not going to make it. And he actually called the controller to tell the parents, Mom, Dad, I love you very much. And then he crashed 300 miles an hour. I think it's very sad.
1: Uh, did you read this in the paper or something? What? What? Where, the, where did this come from? Yeah.
2: This is actually
1: in the New York Post. Well, look, um, the, uh, uh, I don't think I like this story much. Uh, you're at the controls of the place, so he takes off into bed. It sounds like suicide almost. No, no, no,
2: no, no. Well, I'll look at the article,
1: but I'll tell you this when you are in a plane and it's whatever it is, you have options. You. <laughs> I think he gave up a little bit too easy. If you had the energy to call uh, the control tower to call your mom, I think you had the energy to possibly get out of the jam that you were in. I, I I, just can't imagine the circumstance. I mean, if it's a catastrophic failure, the plane disintegrates, you can't call mom, okay? If you run out of gas, um, you could call mom, but you're better off trying to find a place to land that thing uh I, the control tower told him not to take off but he took off anyway it's it's a weird story Sandra. i know it's meant to evoke tears and sympathy and all that stuff I, I don't want anybody to crash but it's very weird i've got more questions than answers
2: well, his name is uh, Adrian Valentine. Look him up and find out what happened. I,
1: you know, I, I the jer- just because it's in the paper doesn't mean it's legit. You know, sometimes people run with these stories. And sometimes, you know, the story is better than what the story actually is. You know, the narrative and all that stuff. I will look at it, I promise. But if he's calling the control tower to call his mom that I'm about to crash, how about not crashing? How about using all that energy into figuring out a way to not crash the plane? I can't think of a circumstance unless it's, quite know. frankly, nine eleven, And you know the guys, and you already heard, they crashed it into other. And even that, you know, the ones, there were very few of those calls, the nine eleven, You know what? you got to remember Flight 93, those guys, and all the passengers that we don't know about who got up and rose and tried to rush the cockpit. And, yeah, some people said goodbye because they knew it was over. Mostly it was women who made those phone call calls, and I don't blame them at all. But this does not sound like that. Sorry to rain on the, you know, I, I just, I'm not buying it. I need to know a little bit more. And, hey, by the way, if you want to call me and tell me that Ramaswamy, you know, uh, got us, is a George Soros guy, he's not a George Soros guy, all right? Before George Soros became um, a maniac intent on destroying the world, he was a rich guy that funded a lot of stuff. And believe it or not, you know, before you guys point your finger at Ramaswamy, uh, you may have attended an event funded by uh, George Soros, believe it or not. You know, George Soros used to write big checks. I think he wrote them for the New York City Marathon. Did you ever run in the marathon? Are you a George Soros supporter? You could run in that marathon and have nothing to do with it. I'm only using that as a – I don't know for a fact that he gave money but he to the marathon, but he gave money to big things. And anyway – just be doesn't mean he's owned. And by the way, we know it. We know about that money. And you can make a decision. Uh give me a moment, please.
0: Greg Kelly
1: on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh we'll get to the destruction of New York, uh, which is just in a total free fall and uh a little bit, a lot to talk about there. Uh, but first, um, Alec Baldwin, the footage has been released of the... Uh, I guess this is not when he killed the girl. You know, he was move, working on that movie Rust about two years ago. And remember, he actually claimed to George Stephanopoulos that he never pulled the trigger. Well, we have video here of him pulling the trigger like crazy all over the set. Go ahead.
0: Now, wait a second. If I'm going to shoot right, you want to go on the other side of the camera? I don't want to shoot toward you. No!
1: You're not running the whole thing, but... All right. That didn't TV. tell us much of anything. That's is that the forty second uh, that that's the news clip. I want the raw, unedited clip that NBC News put out yesterday. What you'll see is when you get it, well what I already saw, he's running around blasting everything. Bow, 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 which is fine. It's a cowboy movie, whatever. Um bow, 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 bow. He's definitely pulling the trigger. And he told George Stephanopoulos, No 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 no. I never pulled the trigger. No 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 no. I will say this about Alec he's also he seems to be uh safety minded right he's talking about safety throughout this uh sequence and this is before he shot the girl he's like i don't want to shoot you and then we got to do this and then we got to bring in the armor or we got to be safe and i don't want you to back up because you're going to hit that rock so you got to go over here he's very safety minded and i think that will benefit him in this trial um What else about Alec Baldwin? Look, I am not an Alec Baldwin fan. He's a crazy lunatic yelling and screaming all the time and always mad and weird and uh that hilaria, that fake with the Spanish, but she's really from uh New Jersey. I mean just all it's all bad. And I don't even like his movies either. Although I will say this, I did he's not a bad actor. He was very good in a movie with Meryl Streep and uh what's the other thing? All right, but the thing that I have always kind of believe it or not admired about Alec Baldwin and it was his lowest moment when that audio tape came out, the voicemail he left for uh, Ireland, his daughter, and everybody wanted, they wanted to arrest him. They said he was assaulting her. I'm like, no, no, this is actually, there's actually a saving grace here. And listen, you got you got you got that all. All right, let's, uh, this is that, this is like 15 years ago, but it was a huge national story that people remember. At least I remember it. Go ahead
0: hey i want to tell you something okay and i want to leave a message for you right now because again it's ten thirty here in new york on a wednesday and once again i've made an ass of myself trying to get to a phone to call you at a specific time when the time comes for me to make the phone call i stop whatever i'm doing and i go when i make that phone call at 11 o'clock in the morning in new york and if you don't pick up you don't even have that god phone turned on. I want you to know something, okay? Uh, I, I'm tired of playing this game with you. I'm leaving this message. that you would never dream of doing to your mother, and you do it to me constantly and over and over again. I am going to get on a plane, and I'm going to come out there for the day, and I'm going to straighten your ass out when I see you. Do you understand me? I'm going to really make sure you get it, Then I'm going to get on a plane, I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to come home. So you better be ready Friday, the 20th, to
1: meet with me. All right, that's it. That's it. That's my favorite part of the call, the 20th. He suddenly goes to Edmund, all right, as bad as that is, and you're not supposed to talk to a 12-year-old that way, right? I know that. But it's not like he's telling her to leave me alone. He's like, I want to be in your life. I want to be in your life. And that's good.
2: Traffic jams, tailgating, pile-ups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. That's right.